Thank you, worship team. I will tell y'all something. Um, I was not planning on worshiping at all with these guys because I'm preaching, right? And sometimes it makes for like a, a kind of an awkward transition to put down the guitar and to get up here and preach and to be able to lead this. But listen, so I can tell you I got a new toy I got kind of my dream guitar that I've been wanting for a long time, a Martin acoustic. And so I was like, oh, man, I can't. I mean, what if it feels lonely if I don't play it this Sunday? And then I was like, man, I really have a lot of fun worshiping. And, and I love being a part of our worship team, especially, man, I'm just telling you, it seems like every time we play together, Man, it's just so much fun. And so I, I told them, I was like, hey, guys, I'm just going to hop in there. I'm just going to be honest. I'll practice, and I'll hop in there because I'm going to play my new toy. So thank you, worship team, for letting me hop in there this morning with you guys. Welcome to Eastgate. You picked a great Sunday to be in church, right? Listen, we're right now we're starting a new series. We started it actually last week, was week one. We are in week two of a new series called Battle Ready, right? battle ready. And here's the deal. As I'm studying for this sermon, I'm beginning to notice that maybe that doesn't think what we think when we see that word, especially when it comes to uh, Christians and, and spiritual warfare or, and stuff like that. We probably get an idea of what that means. And I wonder if it's going to line up with scripture today. But if, listen, if you're new here, if this is your first time here, if you've, you've just been visiting a little bit, you may have never seen me because normally I'm tucked back here in the, with the acoustic guitar, but I am Jeremy. I am one of the pastors who gets the honor to serve here at Eastgate and gets to be a part of what God is doing here. And man, it is amazing. And I'll just be honest with you. It is not because I am a pastor here. Our church is not this way because of the pastors. We are pastors here because God is letting us be a part of what he is doing at this church. And so it is amazing. Welcome to all our guests online. Listen, feel free to get in that chat because I do get on there later. I, obviously, I'm not going to be doing this because your boy has a touch of ADHD. So I'm not going to be on the chat during my preaching, but I get on there and I will look at all this stuff. So, you know, get on there, get in the chat in here, guys. I love for you to talk back to me. You'll, you'll hear my good friend, Miss Keith over here. Don't let her be the only one. Don't let her be the only one. Her voice gets tired. You know how many cough drops I have to give her during the sermon? So listen, I promise I'm going to do my best not to bore you today. You promise not to bore me. Amen? Amen. All right. All right. Um, also, I got one more little thing to do. I did not do this last time I preached, and my family let me know about it. Hey, guys. I love you, Rach. I love you, Lila. I love you, Judah. You guys are my heart. I got to wait till they look away. Now, yeah, puppy eyes, now they're jumping. Okay. So, listen, your boy's excited about preaching today. <laughs> if you can't tell, I am really excited about preaching because last week I was on vacation. 
So I came back really like relaxed and pumped up and honestly just just had a blast with my family last week. We got to go to Tacoa Falls, which if you've never been there, just beautiful. It's a very easy hike. It's just gorgeous. And at some point, me, my son, and my little daughter, we walked up to, to this rock and we were so close to the falls that you could pretty much lay down on this rock and the, the spray was getting you and the way you could look up, it was like you were looking under the falls and stuff like that. Just mind blowing how, how beautiful this place is. And then we followed that up with going to Tallulah Gorge. Now again, very beautiful, breathtaking place. And check this out. We went hiking and we went down to this overlook and we're overlooking the gorge. And uh, this lady goes, hey, if y'all like the view, you should go to the suspension bridge. And I'm like, yes, we should. That sounds like a great idea with kids over a gorge. Um, so if you're wondering how that turned out, it actually turned out fantastic. We, uh, we, I was like, let's go. And so we get to the thing and what we realize as we start walking down this path is you come to like a little porch and there's a sign, <laughs> listen, there's a sign with like a skull and crossbones and it's like, do not go any further unless you have water. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all sure y'all wanna, y'all, maybe we don't want to do this and this lady came up and she she's coming up she's coming up the stairs and she's like in good shape you know what I mean like not she shouldn't be walking up the stairs like this you know what I'm saying like it's weird it looks like she might have been attacked by a bear she looks at me and she goes oh those babies yours I'm not making fun of her she's those babies yours and I said yes ma'am and she goes turn around turn turn around like this and so I'm like oh man that's serious maybe like she might she may not make it she went down without water you know and so I'm like let's do it then Judah's like let's do it and so they're like no I don't think you understand it's 800 steps to get to the bridge and then if you want to go down to the bottom it's another like it, all in all it's like 1026 steps so, not great steps, steps built in a mountain. So we walk down these things, we get the suspension bridge, it's amazing, my kids run across it. Now what they don't tell me is I'm following back, you know, making sure everybody's safe, old. Um, and so I get there, I'm scared of heights, if you don't know that. Uh, but, you know, at some point you can stop being scared because it's not gonna hurt anymore, right? You know, <laughs> at some point, there's a difference. You fall off a ladder, you're going to get hurt. You fall from some height, you're probably not going to remember it. And so I'm not normally scared of stuff like that. So I get out on this suspension bridge, and what my kids didn't tell me is that it moves. And so me and my sister get out there in the middle of this thing, and my kids start doing this. And so this bridge is moving, and dude, I thought we were going to have to call someone to get my sister out of there right and so then we were like let's go on down to the bottom if this is this awesome the bottom has to be amazing we get down the bottom and it literally is like wah 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 because you can't actually go any further than like the same type porch that you had 200 more steps up and so then we had to climb back up the steps 
and half of those I had Lila on my shoulders. But it was worth it because, listen, I tell you, I don't know what it is about being outside, especially this type of year. The weather, it, man, stuff just melts. Like, I felt life melt away from me. It might have physically been life melting away from walking up the steps, but I felt like, you know, the life had just, ha had just worn off of me today, right? Those are, those are your expectations for today. Your boy came back well-rested and ready to preach. So, yeah. I'll, do y'all look cool? No? Okay. My, my, my E students, I can't put my foot on the wall, homie. It, stuff a pop. My E students representing down there. All right. So if you're here today and you consider yourself a believer, right, here's what you are. You are a gospel bringer, a good news bringer. You are God's plan to spread what he has done for the earth all around the earth. And so what that means is that you are a part of the church. Amen? And uh, that, that church that you're a part of, Jesus himself said that the gates of hell will not prevail against that church, right? He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and against it, the, it, it hell will not prevail. And so that is good news if we're in a, a series about being battle-ready and about spiritual warfare. That is great news. That is a good way to start off a sermon like that, right? Because that shows us that he puts a lot of stock and, and, and honestly, a lot of weight into who we are to him. Amen? And so I'm going to give you a little background into this message real quick because I think we're, we'll get kind of like a, a really cool perspective of being battle ready at the end of this. But I actually wrote this message several weeks ago because I knew I was going to preach. I knew I was going on vacation, didn't want to pressurize anything, worked on it, had it all set up. I went, I sat down, popped open my computer just to email the media team, and I pulled up, open my document, and the only words on it, October, uh, October, that's new. I'm going to go with it, though. TM, trademarked, uh, October sermon. That was the only words on it. Yes, that means my entire work was somehow deleted. Now, I use Google Docs when I'm writing my sermons so that it auto-saves, so I don't have to remember to save it because I'm bad about just clicking my computer shut, and it still didn't work. And so, as I was, I was like, man, really? I'm like, I had all this, and, and, you know, and God stopped me, and he's like, what if there was a purpose in that? Just rewrite it down. And so I sat down with the scripture that I originally had and a piece of paper, and that's where we are going to go today. If you want a little background into my process this last couple of weeks, right? So being battle ready, make no mistake, there is a battle going on, right? If you don't believe me, go watch the news. Go watch the news, just watch it five minutes, you will believe 
that there is something going on in this world, even if you don't believe in Christianity, you don't believe in religion, you don't believe in spiritual warfare and stuff like that, you can obviously see that stuff is going on in the earth. And so as we get in our relationship with Jesus, what we tend to think and the common misconception is as we grow closer to him, the trouble is going to disappear. It's going to dissipate. It's going to get better. And the reality is, if I can be honest with you, if you are growing, then you are becoming more dangerous, right? And if you're becoming more dangerous, then there is a reason for you to show up on the enemy's radar. And so the closer you go grow with God, the more you're going to show up on his radar. Now, obviously we talked about having a real enemy. We talked about how he was very good at being enemy. You know, we talked about his tales, his weaknesses and stuff like that. Pastor Josh did a really amazing message on that last week. If you want to go back and check it out, I'm not going to recap it here because like I said, don't reinvent the wheel. He did a great job of it. But we have a, a real enemy. And here is the good news about that. None of that should discourage us as believers. As a matter of fact, we should expect it because Jesus set us up for it. And the Bible sets us up for that. And so that's what I mean by I think we're going to get a different perspective of what it means to be battle ready today. Because if you look in scripture, what you see is that when attacks like this come, the battle is fought differently, right? It's fought differently. And so here is the good news for all my note takers. This is my only point that you're going to get today, homie. All right. Attacks of the enemy helps us realize the significance of our calling. I'm going to say that again. Attacks of the enemy helps us realize the significance of our calling. Now, when we realize that, we'll stop being discouraged by the fact that as we grow closer to God, because I don't know about you, but if bad stuff happens when I put in results, like if I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to start working out and I'm going to gain weight, your boy ain't going to the gym. I'm just going to tell you right now. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm just being honest. And so I think if you take that over here, common sense would prevail that, that maybe if we approach Christianity like that, I wonder if that's some of the issues that we have as we approach Christianity. It's like, well, the closer I get with you, the more this stuff happens. So what's the point, right? And so a lot of the time what happens is we start thinking God is, is messing with us or he's a prankster or we start seeing a disconnect in our experience and what the Bible says, but here's the deal. When the enemy is on the attack, we also have to trust God that he is going to intensify his attack on our behalf, right? That is in Scripture. If we look at Scripture, we see that God has given us everything we need to stand up. Let's look at just a couple. These are not going to pop up on your screen. I'm just going to kind of run through them. These are kind of some highlights. Words of Jesus. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome 
come the world. There is not much when you put when you look at the broad spectrum of what the world would encompass that has not been overcome by Jesus. We see it again in Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 11, a final word. Paul closes like a, like a preacher. He's like a final word and then <laughs> wrote like a, no, you know. <clears throat> anyway, final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Okay, so we're seeing God's armor. Put on God's armor. Okay, verse 13. Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. That is a promise out of Scripture, that you will be standing firm. And then we have the pieces of the whole armor of God themselves. It says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And as I'm reading this, one thing kind of stands out, and I hope that you'll see it. Out of six different pieces of armor, you got the belt of truth, you got the breastplate of righteousness, you got the shoes from the gospel of peace, you got the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Out of all of these, only one of those is really an offensive weapon, the sword. And really, you can argue that that's a defensive weapon as well. So you're talking about this whole armor getting ready to go into a battle, and everything that is here is defensive. And then Paul even makes a point to go on further, and then he says, and then pray. And then pray. He didn't say fight harder. He didn't say prepare harder. All he said was put on the full armor of God so that you can stand and pray. Right? So, what that tells me is that most of the fighting is not going to be done by me, right? If, if my whole armor for a battle is mostly consisting of things that will help me stand my ground, then that tells me that there is a weapon, right? It, says, it never says stand and fight. It says stand Firm. Now, here's what's even cooler here. Paul is using a military phrase in the Greek language here when he says stand firm. It is a military phrase, and that phrase is not a call to fight. It's not a call to advance. It's a call to persevere. You see, some of these things, I've talked about it in church, perseverance... And, and stuff like that, the, the long game, the, the, the putting in the, the work, the journey of it is not necessarily the sexy part, right? And so we get lost in that, and we, we let go of stuff while we're in that, and we let go of where we're going in that journey. 
And, and, and so I wonder, what if the reason that you feel so battered in life right now is because it's not because of the relentlessness of the enemy. Instead, if it's a result of a battle that you're fighting that's not yours to fight. It's not yours to fight. I wonder how much prep we put in to preparing for that battle when we have a, a guidebook here that says, hey, put on the whole armor of God so that when the attacks come, you will be able to stand firm. And here's why I tell you this. I believe just a real simple principle, right? What you hear, you listen to. What you listen to, you believe. What you believe, you become, right? When you stand back, you look at your life, you look at the DNA of who you are, you will see that this is true. You will also see that it changes in different seasons of your life. But you will see that whatever you're listening to, whatever you're believing, you will ultimately become and you will show it in your life. That being said, can I be really real with you today, church? Sometimes we find it hard to listen to the voice of God. We find it hard to listen to the voice of God. Especially if your experiences has colored that voice. Can I get an amen? Maybe you feel like God is saying one thing, but your life seems to be saying another, right? Am I preaching to anybody today? Is this talking to anybody? If so, here's the deal. Buckle up because I've got really good news. I found a story that pretty much echoes this whole thing. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to Judges 7. We're going to start in verses 10, but while y'all go there, I'm going to give you some, some background for the main text today. Um, I was just going to kind of do some highlights, but it's kind of a lot of scripture, and so I'm going to paraphrase it, but bear with me for a little bit. We will be talking about Gideon. I love Gideon. I love Gideon. As actually, my wife preached about Gideon last time she preached, and I believe I preached about Gideon last time I preached. So Gideon is something that has been fresh in, in, in my mind, the story, and, and something new stu stood out about it this time. And we'll get there, but Gideon, when we find him in the story, he's hiding, and he's threshing grain, and he's hiding it from their enemies, right? He's hiding because the enemies will come attack and steal their grain, steal their food. An angel comes and addresses him as, hey, mighty hero, right? Gideon does what I think we do a lot. He goes, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And Gideon goes, well, if I'm a mighty hero and the Lord is with me, then why has all this trouble happened? Where is the Lord and all the wonders and miracles that our ancestors spoke of? Why has this happened to me? And that sounds just like the situations that we do, right? The Lord speaks to Gideon and tells him to go rescue Israel from the enemies. Then Gideon starts to doubt himself. He's like, I know you called me mighty hero earlier, and I know that you said you'll be with me, but here's who I am. I am the least of my family who is the least of everybody. So I am not the guy, right? Here's what the Lord says. 
the Lord assures Gideon that he will be with him and he will be able to defeat the Midianites with just the strength of one man. So Gideon finally goes through like a bunch of tests with God. It's like a process, right? Where he asks God to send him these signs and God does. And he's like, okay, well, listen, <laughs> I still, I don't think you really realize who I am. So why don't you do this so that I know that it's really you. And so he finally relents and he goes and he has warriors. He has 30,000 of them, right? God told Gideon that he had too many people. Now, this is the, the, the enemies of God who have been keeping them oppressed, and now he's saying you have too many people. So he told Gideon to send home those who were timid and afraid. 22,000 of them left, right? There were only 10,000, well, 10,000 willing to fight. But God said that that was still too many. So he gave them a test. And then after that test was over, there were only 300 men left. And then God told Gideon that he would rescue Gideon and Israel with these 300 men and to send the rest home. That he had given them victory over the enemies. Now, up to this point, again, Gideon knew he's hearing the voice of God. He knew that it was God speaking this. He knew what God was saying, but he was still having problems with it. Am I talking to anybody here today? Right? And so he says, I'm with you. Okay, that's great. Well, then why is this happening? God says, I'm going to give you the victory. Well, that's great. Why are you taking stuff away from me? Right? Sometimes this echoes our lives. This echoes some of the prayers. I know you've prayed them because I've prayed them. I, I, I've prayed these prayers. It's like, I, I hear you, God. I hear you. But why is this happening? And, and, and check this out. Here's what God says to Gideon. He says in verse 10, if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged, and you will be eager to attack. Now, I want to stop us right here because I want to make sure that you see it because what God is saying here is, okay, I've told you who you are because of me, I've told you who I am, I've showed you who I am, and I've told you what I am going to accomplish. But if you're still not convinced, go listen to what your enemies are saying about you. That flies in the face of anything out right now, self-help, anything, honestly, that we're kind of taught when it comes to this kind of stuff, right? God is saying, go listen to what your enemies are saying about you. Then you will be 
greatly encouraged and eager to attack. So I wonder if there are some people that God is saying, okay, I want you to listen to your enemy today. I want you to listen to what the enemy is saying about you and saying to you. I want you to take a step back and see what the enemy's intimidation is trying to say about who you are in God. Because listen, again, attacks of the enemy helps us realize the significance of our calling. So church, be encouraged. Go listen to the enemy and listen to what he's saying. We're going to see that. So Gideon went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The army... (laughs) These Old Testament words. The armies of Midian... Amalek and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Get this. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore. Too many to count. So, that is a lot of people, just in case you're wondering. I don't know when the last time you've been to a beach was. There's a lot of sand. So, there's a lot of people. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent and turned it over and knocked it flat. Right? Listen to the answer that the the, the guy gives him. Given, or his companion answered, your dream can only mean one thing, right? Right? Of course, bread rolling through the camp and crushing a tent can only mean one thing. Sometimes I think the enemy has more faith than we do, right? Your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite victory over Midian and all of its allies. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. Gideon was compared to a loaf of bread. (laughs) Just in case you're feeling insignificant today in who you are, Gideon was compared to a loaf of bread. And I love that God didn't change that. I love that God told him to go listen to it. Could you imagine go, God told you to go listen to your enemy and is like, hey, this like stale piece of bread came through and, you know, it's like stale piece of bread. No, no, there's more, there's more. You know, I would have stopped at stale piece. I would have been like, come on, man. I couldn't have been a rock. It would have been cooler to see a rock blow, you know, but a stale piece of bread. I like that God didn't make Gideon out to be the mighty force. Instead, he showed him that only God could supply the victory. And I'm closing with this, worship team, if you want to join me back here on stage. Verse 15 says, again, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed and worshiped before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. 
again, not what you want to be going into battle with. Could you imagine you go to the armory and they're like, okay, here's your horn and here's your torch. And you're like, I mean, I would have been even okay with some food, you know, at this point. Like, give me a ration biscuit, you know what I mean? Then he said, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too. All around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of Midianite camp. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their rights, and they all shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. So I'm going to paint a little picture here. They're running into this battle, 300 of them. They've split in three groups with horns and torches. Now they've let go of what little bit of defense that they had. The Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. Now remember, the Israelites shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Where is the sword? Where is the sword? When the Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. They're on swords. Those who were not killed fled to places as far away as Beth. Cuss word. <laughs> Got to break up that tension somehow, you know. <clears throat> Pastor Josh isn't here today. He's not looking at me. Near. I don't know. I'm not. Can I, I'm just going to stop there. They were not killed, so they fled. Now, the story goes on, and Israel would chase them down. God gave them the victory. They never had a sword. And so here's what I, I think today God wants to put a nice big bow on this. Now, I spoke earlier as, I, as I've started pondering what it means to be battle ready and started studying this. It, it seems like we're meant more to be used to hold ground and to build kingdom, not to fight, right? They didn't even go into the battle with a weapon, and Gideon went from being scared to discouraged. Now, God marched him by all of his enemies just to hear what one was saying to encourage him to come back. Passed all his enemies again, rallied. This time it was different. This time he wasn't bitter. This time 
he he wasn't just willing but not really knowing right this time it was different he heard the voice of his enemy tell him that he was going to win the victory and so as I'm hearing this I wonder what Gideon actually would have heard because obviously we know he was encouraged so he he didn't take offense to being called bread he didn't take offense that they just knocked down a camp instead he 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 stood up because he knew what the enemy was saying is that hey Gideon is not walking into a battle with his men Gideon is walking into a victory with his men and so what God wants to tell you today is so many times we're preparing to walk into a battle when God has prepared us to walk into a victory and so what happens is when we should be building a kingdom we're tired because we fought a battle that we weren't supposed to be fighting and church can I just tell you that the Bible every single time that God's people fought without the blessing and the power of God, it ended badly. It ended badly. It ended badly for them. It ended badly. Can I just tell you that, that all the history of the Old Testament was not God's purpose? To be honest with you, the only reason I think we have it is so that we can look at it and say, hey, we don't have to do this because it's not a shining history. It's God's people being rescued, sinning, complaining, being rescued, sinning, complaining, being rescued. And I just couldn't help but to think how many times that echoes our lives. We get stuck. We get stuck in this, this area where where God's saying listen I've called you into a victory but we're we're falling back and forth into this battle because we're still trying to fight this battle instead of walking into victory so I wonder if there's some of us today that he wants to do the same thing for if you would bow your head and close your eyes all around this place I started this message out by saying if you were a believer, here's what you are. And here's the really cool thing about Jesus and about being in a relationship with him is that that is open to anybody. The work has already been done Jesus came and gave his life a sinless perfect life as a sacrifice and he defeated death he defeated sin so that he could take our place and he did it for you he did it for me he's not gonna do it one day it's not gonna happen he accomplished it and then all he's asked us to do 
is accept and believe. Accept and believe. You know, I think a lot of the times when we come in and we hear stuff like this and we get into spiritual warfare and we get into messages that are, are kind of a little bit more in the wheelhouse of, of not the gospel. They're more of a teaching message and, and stuff like that. I think oftentimes we can get stuck in this trap feeling like, well, that's not for me because I'm not there yet. And that's the good news is it is for you. And so what I want to do this morning is if you do not have a relationship with Jesus or you don't know if you were to go out these doors and ponder about everything that we've talked about today, what would that look like for you? Would you be able to take a whole armor of God and put it on and be able to stand in a battle? Do you not even know who God is? Good news is you can. You can. So if that's you, I believe that God has been working in you and I don't want to prolong it. So I just want to ask you on the count of three, if that's you and you would like to start a relationship with God today, I would like you to just raise your hand up at me. I'll acknowledge you. I'm not going to embarrass you. not going to call you out. not going to make you feel weird or dumb. This is a very important thing. And I can tell you that anybody in this room that has said that they're a believer had to come to this place too. It's a place to where you say, God, I accept what you've done. I believe that you're my savior and I repent from the sin. So if that's you, the count of three, one, two, three, just lift your hands up. I see that hand, thank you. misunderstood if you've got your hand raised yep I see that hand thank you praise God anybody else anybody else amazing now here's what I'm gonna do I loved Pastor Josh did this. I don't remember if it was last week or if it was a couple of weeks ago, but I just thought it was amazing and it was a very powerful time. And so I just want to ask one more time, listen, if there's already been a couple that's raised their hand, so if you're worried about being the first, don't worry about it. But if you if you know that's you and you're holding back, 
listen, just tap the person next to you and say, listen, I'm scared. So if that's you, now you've kind of got some support. I want to ask one more time, then we'll move on. If that's you, raise your hand in this place. Praise God. Praise God. What I'm going to do for those of you that that raised your hand, I'm not I'm not going to call you up front or bring you down and kind of make a big deal because I know that it's a big deal to you and it's a big deal to God. It's a big deal to us. And so instead, what we do here is we don't want to call you out. We want to partner with you. We want to set you up because here's what will happen immediately. These attacks will start coming these attacks that I've started talking about. I can tell, I can't speak for everybody, but I can tell you I gave my life to Christ when I was a teenager. And the first thing that I felt is how foolish and how stupid. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't the people that I had built up that told me, no, dude, that's not stupid. You know how stupid, what? A teenager that serves God? That's not stupid. That's amazing. And so that's what we want to do. And so while everybody's heads are, are still bowed, eyes closed, if you raise your hand, my good friend Emily is right there in the back, right in front of our camera. I just want to ask you to quietly get out of your seat. If you want to take a friend with you, if you want to grab your family with you, but I want to challenge you to go back there. We're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to teach you a couple of little real quick things that will help you when those attacks start and also give you a way to plug in here at the church. Okay, Miss Emily is telling me to make sure that you bring your phone. So Miss Emily's right back. If you raised your hand, everybody's eyes still closed i just want to encourage you to go back with her it won't be for maybe five minutes for the rest of us here i feel like that we're going to do battle a little bit different today and so what i want to do for the last couple of minutes is let's just worship like we started out right but now we can worship from a different point of view we can worship not preparing to go into battle preparing to to go into the fight of our lives because some of that some of you that's what y'all felt like coming in here today i know it because i felt it some of you felt that heaviness And I believe that we're going to start to see that when we fight from 
a victory, when we walk into the victory rather than walking in like it's a battle that we're about to lose, I think, I think it'll be different. I believe it'll be different. So we're just going to worship for the next couple of minutes. The band's going to lead us in this song one more time. And then we will dismiss and go get some lunch. Amen. But listen to me, church. When this ends, it doesn't really end. Because part of putting on the whole armor of God is taking that word with you, taking that spirit with you, praying, walking in it. And so rather than battling this week, church, I want to encourage you to walk in victory. And see what, see what happens when we show up next week. Father God, we thank you for your presence, for your word, for your power. We thank you for those that raise their hands, that want to start a new relationship with you, Lord. We thank you again. Your holy name we pray. Amen.